Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives, our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, everything that helps shape the way we respond to and interact with the outside world. And if we can utilize our tools of consciousness, we can live a better life, inner, outer, and inner total experience. Well, the band The Who asked in their song, Who Are You? And a lot of times we do spend time thinking about who we are. But have you ever considered what you are? What are you? What does it mean to be a human being, an earthling, here at this time? What kind of creature is this human being? So that's what I'm going to explore. What are we as creatures? And I think it's a very important time right now to be asking this question and considering some answers to it uh, because of two major events that are happening right now that may have a very profound effect on our society, culture, perhaps even our civilization, and do call into question our own identity as far as what we are, not just who we are individually or collectively as a people, but what is a human being, okay? What are we? And these two things right now that are coming up and upon us as we speak are one, the UFO disclosure that it may be officially (laughs) revealed soon, uh, that we are part of a larger system of beings, some non-human intelligence, UFOs, flying saucers, UAPs, all kinds of things, that we may not be alone in the universe. And if so, who are these other people? (laughs) If they are people, if they're not people, whatever it is they are, And what kind of bearing does that have on our own self-identity as far as what kind of being we are? So that's the UFO disclosure. The other thing that's going on is the artificial intelligence movement, the AI phenomenon that's definitely more than a fad. It's upon us and it will be with us. And there's a lot of debate on whether we can improve ourselves, we can be better humans if this artificial intelligence is somehow merged with us. Some people call it transhumanism. And we're already plugged in to technology and artificial intelligence, so to speak, mechanisms, devices, which allow us to do more, uh, reach more, contain more information than we could do on our own. So we're already using this technology. And it really, though, calls into question what it means to be us. What is our human intelligence compared to this artificial intelligence? Maybe ours is natural and this artificial is artificial. If it's a computer program and a series of algorithms made by humans, written by human programmers, well, is it much better or is it the same? Or will this artificial intelligence that we're creating have the same flaws and shortcomings, I guess, Uh, as the humans who built it, all right? So what are you? What is a human being? Well, throughout history, we've really looked at ourselves in relation to other creatures here on Earth, the beasts, okay, the animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all the things that creep and crawl and walk and run upon the Earth. 
We have known since very early times of our civilization, our humanity, that we are different. Okay, we walk upright. Uh, we have opposable thumbs, and we have this intelligence that allows us to do things, make things with tools that other Earth creatures can't really seem to do, or at least to the level that we can as human beings. We're endowed with not only this intelligence, uh, but some sense of our own existence. We don't know if animals ponder their own lives, uh, wonder why they're there or what they're doing, or are they more like biological automata who are moving through the world based on some sort of programming that's in their neurons. Now, we can't say for sure, although there is intelligence far beyond what maybe we thought a couple hundred years ago. Oh, the dumb animals. Oh, they're just beasts of burden. We look at animals quite a bit differently now and are amazed all the time at their abilities and their intelligence, uh, their sensibilities, their senses, things they can do that we can't. And that brings up another point that we as human beings on this planet, yes, we're more advanced and more developed in a very significant way compared to the other creatures here on Earth. Uh, but we're also, in another way, not really like the other ones. We're different in enough, and we're also unprepared in so many ways, like physically. We are much weaker and lesser compared to most of the creatures on Earth. We don't have fur. We don't have, you know, very sharp teeth. We don't have these crazy sense of smell or eyesight that certain creatures do. We can't live in the water. Uh, we can't fly in the sky, certainly without an airplane. Other creatures can. All right, we don't change our colors like a chameleon. Uh, there's a lot, we don't lay eggs. And there's a lot of things. We don't hibernate for three or four months at a time, although some people, it seems like they do. <laughs> That's another story. So in some ways, we're much more advanced than all the other Earth creatures. And in another way, physiologically, we're not really native in that sense. We have to put on clothes because we don't have fur. We have to use knives because we don't have the claws or the teeth that other animals have. We need airplanes and boats and scuba gear so we can fly and swim and go to the bottom of the ocean if we'd like. All these other animals can do that. We're one creature that can do many of those things, but we have to do it with, technolo with technology. And this is technology that we have built ourselves, whether this is intelligence that has developed and evolved over time, or that somehow we're connected into some larger source of information, of wisdom, perhaps the Akashic Records. That's a great topic uh, to discuss. But for right now, we are talking about what it means to be a human being. And we better get this straight, or at least better be ha doing some straight thinking along these lines, uh, because, and I'll get to the UAP, UFO, non-human intelligence part of this right now, that if up until this point, we've measured ourselves against the beasts and other Earth creatures. Now here's these other either non-Earth or maybe a different dimension or some other place that we don't know about on this planet that have come here. Maybe they've been here a long time, but it's seemingly like the proof 
if we need that, is to be revealed. And that calls into question so many things about who we are as people, our civilization, our creation myths. Uh, we have hundreds of them in the world, different ways of the cosmogony, the way the universe was created, or man, the human beings were created. And, well, maybe they have their own creation myth, so what's a couple more? They can join the party. Uh, but if they are more advanced physiologically in some way, like we are more advanced than the rest of the Earth creatures, what does that look like? What, where does that put us in the hierarchy of things? Okay, does that make us less than because maybe there's another organism, another being, or groups of them that are more advanced maybe advanced in time or advanced in other ways, evolutionary-wise. Uh, so does that make us lesser than them? Or if maybe we're related to them, maybe more closely related to them than some of the other Earth creatures, maybe that elevates our status some. Okay, But for right now, we are human beings, and we need to be thinking about what that means to be a human. Okay, Now, we share so many qualities and aspects of other Earth creatures, certainly the chimpanzee and other primates, which ostensibly we descended from or were derived from. That's another story, whether things evolved gradually over time through adaptation and other necessities that came up, or was there conscious manipulation in our genome that made us with this missing link, uh, this fundamentally different strain uh, of creature, this human being. Okay, so we can look at ourselves in comparison to other things on Earth and other creatures not of the Earth, or at least the Earth uh, realm that we're familiar with. Okay, and to be confronted with that is really calling into question our existence. What does it mean to be a human? What are you as an organism? Okay. Now, another thing that's coming up a lot is artificial intelligence. Okay. That's, I guess, the dream for a lot of people is, oh, just AI is going to solve everything through technology. That's part of a thought process in human beings is that somehow we're not equipped fully uh, like I was talking earlier about technology has made it easier for us to survive uh, the elements with housing and heating and cooling. Uh, we're able to live in environments uh, more extreme for longer periods of time year round. Uh, we couldn't really do that if we were just naked and alone up in the wilderness somewhere. We probably wouldn't last too long. So we had to have caves and all these things. So we've adapted using technology, using skills and tools that we fashion with our own hands. Uh, but as we move further and further into technology through the industrial age and now the information age, pretty soon this artificial intelligence age that we're upon, we have to be really careful because I think the real danger is that we so quickly want to give up what it is we are as humans and turn that over or turn the care or stewardship or the authority 
that is making decisions on what we do and don't do with our lives, to machines that we basically made. Now, machines can do incredibly awesome things. X-rays and CT scans can look into the body and find things that we might not be able to find on our own with our own senses. Telescopes, microscopes, all these different apparatus and equipment pieces help us explore and try to understand the universe and the world in which we live so much better. And they've extended, these machines have extended our strength, our ability to reach all the places on the planet. Uh, just even a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, the idea of traveling around the world was either kind of a big deal or maybe it wasn't really that possible or desirable uh, for very many people. Now it's accessible with plane tickets and boats and things like that. You can really go around places much further, cover more places as a single human being than we could at any other time in history. And through this information technology, we're able to connect with people through media, vast distances, without waiting this length of time for a letter or a parcel uh, to traverse the Atlantic or something to get somewhere. It happens just like that. Okay, so we have relied on these instruments for survival, and we have utilized these tools for understanding the universe and ourselves a lot better. And while that is good, uh, put that in quotes, it's a double-edged sword. Because the danger, and this is what I'm getting to, is that we give up on who we are, on some of the qualities of being a human, and we defer those now to some machine. This AI chat is going to write my term paper for me or produce this work of art, if you can call it that, uh, based on some prompt, some description of something that I want to see, and it's going to paint this picture, but it really only does that based on anything it can scan, this AI, uh, this words that have been written, all the books that have been written, I guess it can scan that, poetry, it has a sense of what a poem is, it understands grammar, and of course we all rely on spell check when we're working on a paper for school or sending a document off for work. Uh, that's all fine and good, but this total dependency on that and this total surrender, and I mean surrender in a bad way, the giving up on our human nature, our human qualities, to these machines, to this artificial intelligence, I think is not really going to improve our lives the way we think it might. We may actually be selling ourselves short. Okay, We may have an intelligence, an innate sense of awareness, an access to wisdom that is far beyond anything AI can do, either now or perhaps in the future. But it's our human technology that we have not developed. Okay, It is our human capacities that we know very little of. And what I'm talking about is consciousness, our inner lives. We don't really know what consciousness is. We use it every day. <laughs> we, even when we're asleep, we have this dream consciousness. And we can control it to some degree. We can think about 
things that we wish to think about. We can direct our thoughts in a certain manner. And then there's intuitive insights and weird fears and all kinds of things that come up that we seemingly can't control and don't have that much agency over. We can be ruled by our thoughts and our fears and our desires and all kinds of things like that. Okay, But what we haven't done, and I think we've actually lost, that is we've reduced, uh, because we've reduced our reliance on our own innate senses, I think we've lost some of our capacities. They've just atrophied from lack of use. It's not that they're completely gone. I think we can regain them, but that's going to take a conscious effort and some time and directed attention toward that end. And I've talked about this before, but I'll bring it up again with technology versus our human sense. I broke my hand years ago and I knew it was broken. I punched something very hard and it didn't move and this bone did. And I went to the emergency room, went to the doctor, and she said, well, okay, let's just get you into x-ray. And I'm like, okay, we'll get an x-ray first. Waited and waited, came back. She apparently had looked at the x-rays and said, there's no break. I found nothing wrong with your hand. And I asked her, I said, well, don't you want to take a look at it? I mean, don't you want to? And she goes, oh, yeah, looks like you broke it. So her eyes and her training knew more than the x-rays. But the problem was she relied not on the x-rays as an authority, but only on the x-rays. She didn't even want to look first, or really at all. She just wanted to look at the x-ray, this artificial intelligence, this machine, this technology that we've developed that helps us see more. So, but instead of seeing more, she saw less. And really, if she had just stuck with the x-rays, it would have been the wrong diagnosis and of course, no treatment, but I knew better and she knew better, but she trusted the machine more than herself and her own training. And I think that's where we're headed with this AI. And I think that's a dangerous place to be uh, for obvious reasons, because machines don't seem to have this compassion or a sense of morals. They might look at numbers and, okay, these people live, these people die, and that's better for some overall picture, really without remorse or any kind of, you know, sense of what a life is, because it doesn't know. It's, it's artificial intelligence. It's completely artificial. So this human capacity is not going to be there, and we're losing ours. We're losing it more and more, just like with social media, which is kind of a poorly named product uh, or entity, uh, because it's not really social. It actually keeps us further apart. It pretends to connect us together. And you might be listening to me now through a podcast or perhaps a YouTube video or something, Spotify. Um, so it's necessary. And we have this great branch of uh, communication technology now that is doing all kinds of things. And yes, it can bring people together who are like-minded, that want to share ideas, that have a discussion uh, with people worldwide that would have been very difficult to do even 25 or 30 years ago, at least to the degree that we can do it now. But th also through separation and this kind of artificial sense. I know if you look at certain social media sites and pages, it's really about the image and they may take 
two or three hundred pictures of themselves and, oh, yeah, just posted a selfie, you know, here I am, la-da-da, nothing going on. Uh, you know, that took all day to get that one spontaneous picture. So it's really kind of a lie that we're telling ourselves and each other. And it's artificial in the sense that it's not real. Okay. Uh, and that's may sound obvious what artificial means, but it's not real. And what is real? And I don't know if we know what is real because we've gotten so far away from who we are. We've been Again, this double-edged sword, we've, we've, we're saved from the beasts and the elements, but at the same time, we've removed ourselves from nature. We don't plant, we don't grow, we don't raise animals, uh, things like that, as much as we used to, population-wise. The percentage of farmers, say, 150 years ago, was like 80 or 90% of the people had some sort of farm or a garden or something that they grew something they milked or something that laid eggs that they were able to eat. Uh, and now it's like 3% or less. If we do it, it's usually as a hobby or something, gardening uh, or growing some vegetables. So we've gotten away from nature and nature is our connection to who we are because we are earthlings. We are earth creatures. We have five fingers in each hand if we're developed in the natural way. Uh, but a dolphin has five bones in their flippers. A bat, a bat's wings are really actually suspended by their fingers. Okay. Those are five fingers that actually make the wing of a bat. And the other creatures have very similar, uh, bone structure. We have vertebrae, we have a spine system, all, you know, the mammals, you know, have milk, and give live birth and do all these things. So we're very, very connected that way. At least half of us is, okay, this human being, this what we are. Part of what we are is an earth creature that lives and moves and eats things and sleeps and has babies and does all these things that other earth creatures do. And there's this other part of us that is really somewhere else, from somewhere else. We look up into the stars at night. Maybe we see the three stars in the belt of Orion and go, oh, yeah, yeah, up there. Some sense of belonging, some longing. We've always felt like a stranger in a strange land. Fiction and poetry and all these things that we do that most of the other animals on Earth don't seem to do, a lot of times it's this longing, this soul's longing to return home whether it's Osiris being put back together or this long journey, a quest to return home, this odyssey, because we maybe are not really from here in the larger sense of our history. Okay, and that's where maybe this UFO and UAP, non-human intelligence disclosure and hopefully interaction, hopefully that's a good thing, uh, may really help build us up and become more and realize that we're really more than we think that we are, okay? And instead of this artificial intelligence being put on a pedestal and bowed down to and worshipped like a golden calf and given all the authority and responsibility is really a cop-out. We're not living up to our birthright, to our destiny, to what it means to be a human. So what are you? Ask yourself, okay? 
You're not a beast of the earth, and you're not a computer. We have elements of both, but we are so much more than that. Okay, think of the most amazing thing you could possibly think of to be a human being that we could do as humans. And I guarantee our destiny, our potential is much, much greater than that. And I am grateful for you being here. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to the next time we get together here on Living the Inner Life.